Thanks for tuning in to the High School at 12 Stone Church ministry podcast. Let this message be a source of truth and encouragement. Let's lean into this week's message. Can we give it up for Chase real quick? Our fearless leader. Man, Chase is really someone I, I aspire to be like. I, I try to uh, model my life like him. I look up to him. I really do. Um, but when I was younger, I didn't have Chase to look up to, you know? But thankfully, I did have Winnie the Pooh, all right? So I don't know. For, for some reason in my life, I, I, had, I went through a phase where I loved Winnie the Pooh. I don't, hopefully some of you guys went through that. But uh, okay, good. I'm feeling some love from the crowd. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Well, I... I loved Winnie the Pooh. It's like, I wanted to be Winnie the Pooh when I, when I grew up. Um, and he, he, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There, there's a scene. One of my favorite scenes is when uh, Tigger, you know, the, the bouncy tiger, he, he gets stuck really high up in a tree, all right, because that's what cats do, because they're dumb, all right? And, and so, but, so he's stuck. He doesn't know how to get out of this tall tree, and all the woodland creatures, you know, they all come and they, they try to think, how can we rescue our friend? And they come up with a brilliant idea. They're like, oh, okay. How about we get a blanket and we stretch it all out, you know, at the bottom of the tree and we have Tigger jump in it. And they do that and it works perfectly. And I'm watching this like, this is brilliant. We should do this. I'm like, all right. So I get my siblings together. I'm the oldest. so I'm like the ringleader, you know, and, um, and, and we decide we're going to try that. All right. But in order to, to kind of explain and show you the full, um, the range of this story, I'm going to need some help. So first four people up here, first four people up here, I need, all right, all right, all right, you four right here, right here. Stand down here, stand down here. No, no, you're in, you're in, Daniel. All right, I need you guys to get the four corners of this, four, four corners, stretch it out right there. All right, now, now here's the deal. A little, a little lower, you know, I got to be able to, you know. Okay, so, so here's the thing. Here's the thing, you're Trey, all right? You're, you're incredibly good looking and wise. You're the ringleader of the bunch, okay? Your name's, your name's Trey, all right? You're, you're Nicole, all right? I'm sorry, but you're my sister, Nicole, all right? You got that corner right there. You guys are twins, say Hi. Yeah, you guys are twins, Luke and Danielle, okay? So boy, girl, twins, that works out perfectly. Luke, Danielle, perfect. And then since the brilliant leader I am, you know, I decided to have Noah, who was youngest at the time. I, I'm like, he's the smallest, so he'll be the easiest to catch, right? And so I, I'm, I'm gonna act Noah out for this, all right? So here's the deal. So we got it all stretched out tight, and we're like, all right, Noah, do it. And here's the thing about Noah. He's, um, I, Dumb is a harsh word. Fearless, fearless, fearless. Let's say fearless. Yeah, so he's excited for this. He's like, yeah. And uh, you guys ready? So we go one, two, three, and he, wait, wait, first of all, um, here's, I forgot to tell you how old we were. So uh, Trey, you're about six or seven, okay? Nic Nicole, you're like five-ish. Uh, the twins, Luke and Danielle, you guys are like four, and, and Noah's like two, all right? We've got him at the top of the back of the couch, because that's the highest place we can get him up to, you know, 
So top of the back of the couch, and he's like, yeah. So just imagine like Chase's twins, a little bit older than that. All right? So you guys ready? You got this? All right. Here's a, oh, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. I forgot to tell you. My parents told us over and over again. They said, don't jump on the couch, don't jump off the couch, don't do any jumping near the couch, all right? But I'm like, uh, this looks awesome. And since I'm the great leader that I am, I led all my siblings to say, yeah, this looks awesome. All right, so you guys ready? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not gonna jump. You, get, you guys can head on back, you guys can head on back. <laughs> but here's the thing, here's the thing. As soon as Noah was getting ready to jump, my mom turns the corner and walks in the room. And my mom is a smart woman, all right? She knows what's about to happen. And she's just like, no. And Noah, he's like, yes. And of course, us, we're like, what? And Noah, no joke, just comes flying down and boom, on the ground. He's like writhing on the ground and, and my mom's like picking him up and he's crying, you know, and as soon as she makes sure like he's okay, mild concussion, whatever, it's cool. Um, she turns to me and goes, Trey, what were you thinking? And I said, mom, it, it worked the first two times we did it. <laughs> not, not the right answer, but look, looking back on it, I can laugh at it, but in the moment, my act of disobedience hurt someone I love. I disobeyed my parents, and it cost me. It hurt the people around me. And, and luckily, I don't have a bear as a role model anymore. <laughs> but uh, I do have a goat as a role model now, the greatest of all time, Jesus Christ. And, and in this series... In this series, GOAT, we're talking about what makes Jesus the greatest of all time. Because whether you're a Christian, an atheist, or you believe some other religion, you have to come to the conclusion and deal with the fact that Jesus, more than anyone else in the history of the world, changed the world. All right, he changed the world more than anyone else. And so he is the greatest of all time. And so we're looking at things, what made Jesus so great? What made him incredible? Last week, we talked about his humility. Greatness is not measured in how you lord over others, but how you serve others. It's in your humility. And this week, we're talking about obedience. And you guys might not think of obedience this way, but obedience took Jesus to the next level. Obedience is what made Jesus the greatest of all time. So, so what made obedience, what made Jesus so great? Let's check this out. It should be on the screen right here. Romans 5, 19. Romans 5, 19 says, For just as through the disobedience of one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man the many will be made righteous. So here's what this verse is saying. It's saying, Adam, the first man, sinned. He was disobedient. And because of his, his disobedience, it hurt the people around him and the people that came after him, just like my disobedience hurt my little brother. But Jesus' obedience made a way for people 
to come before God and be forgiven and made new. Jesus' obedience changed the world because it's through his obedience that God was able to work in the world around him. And so if you're taking notes, your first blank here is if you want to change the world around you, obey the God above you. If you want to change the world around you, obey the God above you. And here's why. When we are obedient, it allows God to work through us to change people and to change situations. And if we're honest, we could all use a little bit of that. We all have people in our lives that we love that we want to see helped. We all have situations in our lives that need the touch of God in it. We all have uh, things or places in this world that we know of and that we care about that needs God movement desperately. And if you wanna change the world around you, obey the God above you. And so how did, how did Jesus do it? How was he, the Bible says he never sinned. He was always obedient. I don't know about you, but I struggle sometimes with being obedient to everything, right? But how did Jesus do it? So to figure that out, we're gonna look at one thing that Jesus said, one thing he did, and one thing that he gave. So let's look at what Jesus said. Should be on the screen right here, John 14, 15. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. What does this mean? If you're taking notes, obedience flows out of love. Obedience flows out of love. And that, that's pretty intuitive, right? But, like that makes sense to us. Think about it this way. Think about dogs and cats, all right? So a dog, a dog loves you. You know, a dog's like, oh, you're the best thing ever. A dog is just like, oh, has so much love, it's about to explode. And a dog will trip over itself to try to obey you, right? Like, it'll do whatever it can to try to obey you because it loves you. And obedience flows out of love. Now, cats? Cats don't love anybody except themselves, all right? Cats don't love anyone except themselves, so they are gonna obey you. They are gonna obey you. Why would they? Thank you. Why would they obey you? Because here's why. Here's why. Obedience flows out of love. No wonder cats don't obey. You know? Are there a lot of cat lovers in this room? Man, this is killing me. This is killing me, you guys. Now, now here's the thing. I, I want to be, be clear on this, too, because I don't want you to mess this up. A lot of us mess this up. And, and here's, here's what I'm talking about right here. All right, so, so we view it a lot this way. Okay, I love God, right? I love God. That will lead to me being obedient to God. So I prove my obedience. You know, I, I prove my love through my obedience, and then when I obey, God will love me. Now, here's the thing about this. This, you might not say it this way. You might not think it in this straightforward of a term, 
But so many of us think this way about God's love. And here's how I know that. Because after we mess up, after we disobey, we view God as more distant. If you have ever disobeyed or sinned and, and you feel as if God loves you less or that he has distanced himself from you, you are viewing love and obedience this way. And this is incredibly unhealthy and wrong. Because here's the truth. God loves first. God loves first. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not after we started getting obedient and getting our act together. No, while we were still messed up here, God loved us. Because of God's love, we fall deeply in love with him. Love for God isn't something we manufacture. Love for God is a result of realizing God's love for us. We love because God first loved us. And once we've got those two in the right order, obedience stops becoming us proving that we love God and it stops becoming us earning God's love, but it starts just as a result of our love for God. Our obedience just flows out of our love. It's not to earn anything, it's not to prove anything, it's the result of our love. Don't get them switched. God loves first. He always has and he always will. So if you wanna change the world around you, obey the God above you. Now here's the thing, what, there, there's two types of things that we can obey from God, two types of commands. I like to call them universal commands and unique commands. Now universal commands are like, you know, like the 10 commandments, they're, they're, they're commands that apply to everyone. You know, don't kill people, that's a good rule. Um, rules like love each other, love your neighbor as yourself, forgive each other, be generous with one another. Those are universal commands. And when we obey those, we're allowing God to work through us to change the world around us. But tonight we're gonna focus on the other category of commands, and those are unique commands. So you've got universal commands, that's for everyone. We should always be obeying those. But then you've got unique commands. You can call them God prompts. And the thing about God prompts is, is sometimes God lays in your heart just that you should, you should do something. Maybe, maybe God is just trying to, to shift you to do something. And, and when we obey God prompts, that allows God to move through us in special ways to change the world around us. All right, so we've got God prompts and we've got, we've got the idea that, that obedience flows out of love. That's what Jesus said. Obedience flows out of love. So let's look what Jesus did. We're gonna look at a time when Jesus obeyed a God prompt. And so let's head over in the Bible to Matthew chapter three. If you've got your Bibles, Matthew chapter three. If you don't have them, they're in a page 967 and the Bible's underneath you or in the chair in front of you. And while you're turning there, page 967, let me set this up. So Jesus hasn't started his ministry yet. All right, he hasn't really done anything yet. And, and he's going out into the desert to meet this guy named John the Baptist, all right? Now, he, here's the thing. We talk about 
one God and three persons, the Trinity. So God the Father is in heaven. God the Son, Jesus, is on earth. And he's living out and obeying God the Father's prompts through the power of the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit. All right? So one God, three persons. Let's pick it up in Matthew. And it says here, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? And John's kind of freaked out, and rightfully so. It'd be like if Chase, Pastor Chase, comes up to one of you, and he's like, uh, hey, Kinsey, uh, in the service tonight, would you mind baptizing me? Be like, wait a second. You should be the one doing the baptizing. Is this a trick question? Like, this is kind of weird. All right? So John's like, hold up. I don't know about this. But let, let's see right here. Jesus, Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. When God prompts you to do something, it might be awkward. And it might be weird. It might be something that is a little out of your comfort zone. You know, like, all right, I'm going to ask this guy to baptize me. He's going to think it's weird, but I have to persist. Because even when it's awkward, Jesus presses forward. And I know that until you embrace the awkward, you will never encounter the incredible that God wants and has in store for you. So press forward. When God prompts, obey, period. Let's continue with the story. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. All right. Jesus obeyed a God prompt, and boom, that enabled God the Father to work in the world around him. Because of Jesus' obedience, God was able to open up the skies and speak, and it changed the lives of the people around them. Some of Jesus' first disciples were there and heard that, and their lives were changed forever just because Jesus followed a prompt. Now, if you guys are anything like me, you might be thinking, um, uh, yeah, but what if God prompts me to do something I don't want to do? Like, what if he's like, hey, go move to Africa? Or, hey, break up with your boyfriend. Break up with your girlfriend. Or, hey, you should go to the atheist society down the street and share the gospel. I don't know if there is one down the street, but that would be scary, right? Like, what if God asked me to do something big and scary? And here's the thing, God might, God might ask you to do something that's really scary, really out of your comfort zone, really dangerous. But usually, usually, the way God works is just prompting you to do one little thing, day in and day out, that's just a little bit out of your comfort zone. It's not too hard to do, but it requires pressing through the awkward and being obedient to the prompt. Just daily acts of obedience and following God's prompt. Our senior pastor, PK, talks about it this way. He says, 
that uh, you have two second windows. He, he calls it two second windows. So when, when you get a prompt from God, you've got about two seconds. And in those two seconds, you're gonna decide whether you're gonna obey the prompt or disobey. Two second windows. What are you gonna do with those two second windows? Because after those two seconds, if you haven't chosen to obey, it's very likely you're gonna walk away. What are you gonna do with your two second windows? And sometimes these prompts, they aren't, they aren't big, but some of them can be like maybe to spend a few more minutes in your Bible or a few minutes in prayer. Maybe the prompt is to talk to a friend about how they're doing, or maybe it's to open up and share maybe something you're struggling with with a friend. Maybe the prompt could be uh, to take a next step, like to sign up for baptism or, or for a small group, which we're doing next week. We're signing up for small groups, and it's going to be incredible. Just giving you guys a heads up. You all want to do that, all right? Maybe God prompts us to share our faith with someone. God prompts us maybe to sign up for a mission trip or sign up for a retreat. God prompts us in many ways. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that messes with me. That messes with me a lot. Sometimes God prompts me and I love God and I choose to disobey the prompt. Sometimes I'm like, I don't wanna do that or, or I'm scared to do that or I don't know if I can do that and I walk away from it. Sometimes I just, it, I wanna do it so bad I just can't. And I don't know if I'm the only one. I don't think I am. I think a lot of us have prompts from God and we decide to walk away from them because we feel like we're not able to or we're too scared to or we don't know how to follow through. What do we do with this? I love God. Why can't I obey him? See, we've seen how Jesus says, you know, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. You know, so obedience flows out of love. And then we've seen how Jesus obeys a prompt from God. Why can't I do this all the time? Well, that's, let's take a look at what Jesus gave. We looked at what he said. We looked at what he did. What did he give? Let's go back to the John 14 passage. Verse 15, it says this. John uh, 14, verse 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commands. All right, so we've read that already, right? If you love me, keep my commands, but don't stop there. Don't ever stop there. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. That's a game changer. The Holy Spirit comes into your life when you say yes to Jesus for the very first time. Jesus says, yes, you need to obey these commands, but I'm not leaving you on your own. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit that lives within you, that will never leave you, that gives you the power to obey. So if you're taking notes, get Holy Spirit strength. Get Holy Spirit strength. The world will tell you, you can do this. You are strong. You are confident. 
You can conquer. You don't need anyone else in your life. And that is completely wrong. Self can't help self. Self-help is an oxymoron. We got ourselves in the mess that we're in now. We can't get ourselves out. Only God can. And so when we have a God prompt, we have God power. You just need to tap into it. Access it. Get Holy Spirit strength. When I was in college, I, I was one night walking through my dorm. And in one of the study rooms, I see a friend of mine. And he's doing his devos. He's reading his Bible. He's praying. And I walk by and I hear God. I don't hear God. I kind of feel God saying, hey, go in there and pray for him. I'm like, uh, no thanks. And, and God's like, no, 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 go in there and pray for him. I'm like, God, that's really awkward. Like, he's trying to have time with you. I don't want to interrupt you guys. And God's like, um, excuse me? Go in there and pray for him. I'm like, okay, okay. So I go in there, hey, man, um, I, I just really feel like I need to pray for you. And he just bursts out crying, weeping. And, uh, and, and he's, he's trying to tell me his story, and I'm trying to get it out of him, like, what's going on? And, and he just can't tell me. And then I hear the, the Holy Spirit just kind of prompt me again. Share, share what you're struggling with, with him. I'm like, okay, God, I can pray for him. You know, I, I will, you know, Lord be with him. But I'm not gonna share my struggles with him. What? And then, and then I had to go, Holy Spirit, please help me. Give me the words to say. And I said, you know what, man? I, I don't know what you're going through. Um, but... The Bible says that if we confess our sins to one another and, and, and pray for each other, we will be healed because the prayer of a righteous person is mighty and powerful. And so uh, here's what I've been struggling with lately. Could you pray for me? And through following that prompt, he was able to pray for me. And then he opened up and shared what he was struggling with. And I was able to pray for him. And over the next year, year and a half, we were accountability partners and, and we helped each other grow in our faith. We helped push each other. We helped keep each other accountable. And both of our lives were changed, I think, for eternity because of that. Just because I was willing to ask God for help to obey a prompt from God. And I truly believe obedience is a game changer. I think obedience made Jesus the greatest of all time. And I think obedience is not to be viewed as something we have to do, but as an opportunity to change the world around you. Imagine if you went into your school, into your family, into your community, obeying the prompts God lays in your life. You would change your world. And if you want to change the world around you, obey the God above you. So as, as we close out, I just have one challenge for you guys. And this is, I'm not gonna have you raise your hand or, or do anything. I just want you to think about this. And, and if you're up for it, make the commitment just between you and God. My challenge for you is will you commit this week, the next seven days, to obey any God prompts that come into your life? 
Will you commit that if you feel like God's asking you to do something, just to say yes? You aren't gonna be able to do this on your own, by the way. You're gonna have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. But as I pray, if you are willing to make that commitment, just pray between you and God, God, please help me to obey any prompts you place before me so that you can work through me to change the world around me. Let's pray.